everybody, it's Alice here with another episode of Poetry Says for you. I'm really, really happy to be sharing this episode, mostly because it's a really great chat, but also because I was right on the verge of not putting anything out this week. Um, I've just moved house and Melbourne's back into a state where everyone's wearing masks and not really allowed to leave their house for most reasons and it's just all a bit much and I just thought maybe no one will mind if I don't put out an episode and I'm sure that you wouldn't I'm sure that nobody would mind but I just know me and I know that once I start uh, skipping things then I'll just keep skipping them Uh, yeah so with all that in mind I was thinking do I even put out an episode this fortnight but then I started listening to this chat which is an interview with Twee On And it's about her book, Turbulence, which came out at the start of 2020, right around the same time that my book came out. Uh, And like me, Twee had her launch for her first book cancelled. And as I started listening to the recording, I realised, oh, Twee had also just moved and she made time to talk to me. So of course I can make time to edit this and put it out. What the hell am I talking about? So... Yeah, really, really happy to be able to share this with you. It's a really fun and interesting chat, I think. We talk about the relationship between Twee's work as a reviewer, she's been reviewing since the 90s, and as a writer. We talk about the actual process of getting Turbulence published through UWAP. And uh, in that chat, Geordie Alberston comes up again, second fortnight in a row for Geordie Shoutout. And also the process of putting a book out in 2020, the challenges of that, obviously, there were many. We talk about taking care of oneself as a writer and how writing can channel hard times without sinking in too deep to the misery and working as a poet without formal training as well. Tweet gets into that and the support of the poetry community at the same time, not necessarily being in with the poetry crowd. And towards the end, I asked Twee about a poem in this book called Insert Eye Roll Emoji, Why No One Reads Modern Poetry. And uh, I really had a lot of fun asking Twee about that. We also talk about her next book, which is going to be called Decadence. And that's something that she's working on in between moving house and dealing with living in Melbourne at the moment. So, yeah, really, really hope that you enjoy this chat. Hope it's a nice little distraction for you wherever you are. And, uh, yeah, really, really grateful again to Twee for making the time to talk with me. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's probably a good excuse for me, otherwise I'll just continually fiddle. <laughs> it's good to have a pause. In the yeah, 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 and do something else. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So where I was thinking of, of starting was asking you about your work as a reviewer because yes. that seems to have been a constant for you for many, many years. You've been reviewing since the 90s. That's correct, yeah, yes. Yeah, So this might sound like... I've been thinking about how to phrase this question so it actually means something, but I feel as if there must be a relationship between the work that you've done as a reviewer and your work as a poet. 
Um, and I'm wondering if you ever think about that. Like, do you think reading so many books uh, makes you a better writer? Does it make you more aware of what people respond to? I think it makes you, or makes me, aware of language. Most importantly, Alice, I find it not so much thematically, but the actual nuts and bolts of language as a, as a lifelong reader and as a critic of over 20 years standing. I'm constantly working with words. So when it came to writing my own poems, I was really aware of how things fit together. Uh, but it's another side of me. People think, and because I've only read my work as a critic, the fact that I came along with a collection of poetry, I think surprised a lot of people. Because mm. there's not that many, I don't think, critic poets. I don't think there's, there's a couple. Yeah. Alison Crogon is like one. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah she's, 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 she's a major one. But, I, yeah. you know, there's not that many mm. who, do, who sort of span the divide. Because lots of writers are just creative writers and criticism is more like non fiction sort of. But, but I just, I have no idea. But I think it, it just fulfills both sides of me because I am rational and emotional, mm. like we all are. Yes. And so it was like a split in the middle for mm. me. Well, so let me ask you the flip of that question then. Sure. Does Does the work of, of reviewing and being a critic yeah. hinder your creative work? Do you ever get stuck because you're in that critical mind? Yes and no. Um, actually, I write poetry because it is a release. For me, it's completely different. It works a different muscle in my in myself because criticism is, as I say, very rational and, and objective and poetry, at least my poems, at least my poems in turbulence, they are incredibly personal. So it was the one chance I thought, right, I'm not going to pretend to be a critic on the stands. I am. This is about myself. I can write what I want to. I can be as creative as I want to be. So for me, it was a relief. I could sort of throw away the mantle of objectivity and just say, right, this is my life. This is subjective. It's just tarted up a bit. <laughs> but it's 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 you know but but the the yeah. gist of it is 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 true. Okay, what was the process of publishing it? What order did that come in? Did you have a request to put a book together and then write it, or no. have you been working on it for a while? I this this book Turbulence came out really quickly because that's how I like to work. Um, because I've been writing criti um, criticisms for so long, I'm used to reading a book quickly or seeing a show quickly and then filing like within the week. Mm. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to write a book, I want it out quickly. This is, I just couldn't, my, my, the way my mind works, Alice, I can't think of writing a book and then waiting for 10 years to mm. get it out. Mm. But my, having said that, I never began the manuscript with a view that it was going to get published. That it was an organic process. Right. I right. wrote because I had to. And then after, I don't know, 50-odd poems, I thought, hey, I've got enough here to mm. actually make it into a book. And that's when I started researching poetry publishers in this country, which are very far and few in between, really. Yeah, so, especially yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Particularly at the moment and the last couple of years, I mean, it's just dwindling. Lots of poetry uh, yeah, publishers are not really... There's just not enough of them, really. There's a lot of work out there, but they can only accept a very small number. So mm. I was very lucky. Mm. Yep. So, so the book chronicles 
This is how I understand yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, everybody, so. there's not a wrong interpretation. <laughs> everybody has slightly different views, which is yeah. exactly what an, a piece of art should do. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. My understanding of it was that it, it tracks various relationships, beginning with a relationship breakdown, a subsequent, I guess, shorter maybe relationship, a more like mm-hmm. intense relationship, then, you know, the horrors of dating online. And then maybe there's a maybe there's a fourth relationship in there. I'm not entirely sure, but what I'm wondering is, it, I mean, it's very personal. It acknowledges the existence of sex and love and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Did you get to a point when UWAP emailed you back and said, "Yeah, we'd love to publish it," where you were like, "Oh wait, okay, do I want to put all this out in the world?" It's like uh, the only thing that the man that I wrote about in the second section there's four sections in turbulence the second section is all about him it was about a very short five month relationship I had with this man and I, I gave him a heads up and I said by the way this I'm writing a book it's probably it might come out I'm just letting you know now and just letting it out there and he said that's fine as long as my name's nowhere in the book and so I went, that's totally fine. So there's no mention of his name anywhere in this book, including acknowledgements. There's nothing. nothing so the it's the only person who knows really is, is he and I and a couple of my close friends that it's about him. He's the only one because it was quite intense, but everybody else, um, I thought, no, they don't really deserve to be told anything because there's no mention of any names. It could be one or the other, really. So mm. yeah, but mm. I was very careful. But you know, it really, it's 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 my book, yeah. And I think I had some sort of creative control over it. Mm. But it's not explicit. This is it's it's not real. It's not a memoir. You know, it's it's poetry, so it's quite impressionistic. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't nail it down to any particular dates and times and places and people because there's no names. The only person I named is my daughter, mm. and that's Ava. And she's the only one that's actually named in this book mm. in one of the poems or two poems. It's a really beautiful yeah. poem. That one, I. I would love to get you to read from the book. Would you like to read that poem or maybe a different yeah, one? Yeah, sure. I could read the one um, to Ava. That'd be yeah. great. Do you want me to do it now, Alice? Or That'd be wait great. Sure? Yeah, let's okay, do it. Let's, I'll find it and let's do that. Okay, this is a poem called Lodestar to Ava. Your mother is an in-betweener in transitional mode. From what is to what will be. Over the shoulder glance, spoiled. A throat scorching landscape. For the love of you, I tried, I tried to make the triangle prevail until enough I could prop no more. A collapse of this formation of sticks, stones that did hurt, a soul in unfashionable black. Shield your eyes, darling girl. I don't know what will become of us. A looking forward, a dazzle. For this tiny binary unit is all I can write for. Those who spark, then fade, will make their presence felt. But you, you are the lodestar to light me out, a reminder of a life to be kissed. That's a great last line. Thank you. Thanks for reading that one. So how did last year affect the book's journey in the world for you? I think like every other writer who had their books out, and particularly those of us who suffered uh, having a book out, our first book out, it was terrible because I missed out on 
festivals and openings at libraries and bookshops and readings, all of that stuff. I did a lot of Zoom events and radio interviews and wrote a lot of things for various newspapers and online. So I, it wasn't the same, you know, I think I, I really missed having that contact, direct contact with, with a potential audience. Mm. And, you know, and it's, it's very hard to contact people who have either never heard about you or have never seen you, but may have accidentally stumbled upon you if they turn up to a festival or, or bookshop or something like that. So it wasn't a great year for anyone in the books industry, particularly those of us launching a first book because mm. we didn't have anything behind us and particularly me because you know people knew me as a critic they had no idea I was a poet mm. so I just I think that's another reason why I started now the last couple of months my second collection decadence I thought oh my gosh I want an actual launch this time I want this book out in the world I want to actually I, I missed out on an actual book launch because this book came out, Turbulence came out in March last year and a week later we were in lockdown. So I had to cancel my launch and it was heartbreaking. Mm. I had all these cupcakes organised and a friend was, uh, friend and his, his uh, girlfriend were going to sing. Oh. They, they, I, I told them a lot of these poems could be transmuted into song. Yeah, pick one that's really and true. so my friend and his girlfriend picked one they didn't tell me which one they, I just I don't care which one and so they picked a song and he was going to play on his acoustic guitar and they were going to both sing it at my launch so it didn't happen obviously so I'm pretty gutted so hoping that the second book if and when it ever comes out I could have that experience have that actual launch experience I really hope that for yeah. you as well I know from Twitter stalking you that you're big into secondhand clothes. Did you have an outfit ready to yes, go? Yes, of course yeah. I had an outfit. I, I totally, I had two, Alice. I had two the outfits. The day and the night? No, I had, depending on the weather, because as uh, we all both know, Melbourne is yeah. terrible when it comes to weather. So I had, I had two outfits. One was like just plain black, mm-hmm. very, very Audrey Hepburn, like elegant black, nothing else with a slightly fluffy A-line skirt type thing. And the other one was slightly more fancy. So, yeah, I just didn't end up wearing that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, they remain in the cupboard. Yeah, we have the exact same timeline in terms of book, first book launches as well. Yes. So, yeah. Um, the question about secondhand clothes leads me to another question I wanted to ask because while the book does track a lot of various flavours of heartache, there are also moments where you're taking care of yourself in really beautiful ways. There's some, some nice baths happen in the book and various other things, you know, putting yourself in the way of beauty. Um, do you think that we're learning to move away from the image of the tortured writer who drinks and smokes? And I really, really hope so, because that's such a boring, tiring trope for me, particularly yeah. as a critic. Mm. I am really, really tired of misery memoirs. And I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I really don't care. Because I've read that many over a 20-odd year career. Mm. And there's so, 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 so many misery memoirs. And I know that life is hard. We all have hard times. And turbulence came out of a particularly hard time in my life. But I was determined, Alice, at the same time that I wasn't going to make an entire book about it. Because Mm. I could, if I really wanted to, write a book about how awful my marriage was and write about it for 100 pages. And I thought, my God, I'm going to die of boredom at page 10 if I have to keep writing about it. That's why deliberately there's about 
two or three poems about my marriage in this entire collection, mm. which is like over 100 pages. I deliberately kept it right at the beginning under the section wreckage, and that was where it remained. And because this, this collection was about my life post-marriage. I wasn't interested in going through what happened during it because to me that was just, it just wasn't what I was interested in. And I was very determined writing this book that I wanted in amongst all the pain and the heartache and the confusion that I was going through that there will be moments of levity and beauty. There's yeah. a lot of beauty in these poems um, and just there's light as well. I do stop every now and then and just look at, at things differently. Um, but that was a very hard one. But I hope there's that people who do read, read it realise there is a balance. It's not just about... I mean, even despite the, the title, even, Turbulence, if you read the last poem, which is also called Turbulence, it's, it's, a, it's a very sweet and it's a very hopeful mm. poem. And I deliberately... That was deliberate as well. Nothing in this book is by accident. It's all there for reasons, divided into certain sections for a reason. I'm very precise in the way I order my life. So um, this book, too, is, is pre meditated in, in such lines mm, mm. maybe given that we started with a poem from the first section mm. that poem to Ava is in the first section of the book maybe could we skip to the end and hear that, that do you want to read poem? to this? yeah Turbulence? sure yeah. so this is the very last last poem in, in the book and it is also called Turbulence morning morning a sky of dirty sheets Aloft on a green wave, this ladybird on a leaf rides the gutters. A pinprick of red. A fat drop splashes, she flies into dry. Seeing her tiny wings, I defy the clouds and curl and brace into the day. I really like A Sky of Dirty Sheets very much. Yeah. It's one of my favourite poems from the whole book. Actually. Oh, great. Thank yeah. you. It's a very tiny poem because I thought, I love ladybugs. I've always loved them. And this, and I always get excited when I see one because it's just so tiny and so red and they just stand out. And to me, just, just even looking at them and they just, you know, when they open their little wings and they fly, for me, that's just exhilarating. And I, I feel thought, exactly the same yeah, way about ladybugs. Exactly. They get so excited they, when they I They get excited one. when I see one because I, I don't know, for me, it's just like a lucky thing. Yeah. Um, and I just love them so much and I thought I'm going to have to end a poem, uh, end the book on this poem. So um, Yeah, with a ladybug. With a ladybug. And Absolutely. It, that's a, that to me is, is, a, is an emblem of hope. Yeah. Speaking of animals. Yeah, sure. Um, could you talk a bit about the symbolism of the koi, which yeah. is on the cover of the book? The symbolism of koi, so there's a poem in this collection also called Koi, and when I was writing it, I was looking, I was just doing some mindless research, and I found out that in, you know, traditional, I think it was a Japanese-Chinese folklore, the koi is incredibly important because they are, they're sort of, um, sort of emblems of lucky, luckiness and but also persistence and resilience. So they can swim upstream against the current. So they're beautiful and they're resilient. And I thought, gosh, that's perfect. It's perfect for, you know, because that's exactly what I was trying to do at the time, swimming against the current, swimming against the Maya that was my life at the moment. Because at the time when I was writing, and I was very soon, a couple of months post-marriage, I was in a fog of confusion and horror and just feeling absolutely out of my depth. And just the image of the koi, and which is actually I'm wearing a necklace with a tiny koi now, oh, okay. which is super, super small. So to me, it's like a lucky charm now. I just remember that, you know, something 
is, is, is swimming against the current. It's just and, and managing to do it. Mm. So mm. for me, they, they're a symbol of strength, beauty and strength. And I hope that comes through in the, in the book. Mm. Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah. I really, just as an aside, I really love how there's a practice, I don't know if I fully understand this correctly, but mm. of keeping um, a number of gold fish mm. and one black fish and the black fish is to kind of like it holds all the sorrow and the bad luck and you know it just sucks it up and can just hold it and the yep. others are kind of around it as these lucky charms and i just i think that's that's, so a, cool. lo- that's a wonderful concept i'm yeah. slightly obsessed with the orangey ones that's why i when my publisher i actually specifically told them i would love a koi on the cover so they did it for me oh that's good and i wanted an orange one yeah so not black or blue or whatever because mm. i had i had two variations they give you two choices and the second cover was like in blue and they were blue so i said i had to go with the orange so mm. yeah mm. what was the process of the actual submission editing publication like i ask that because mm. i know i have people who listen who are mm. on the very beginning of that sure. process and i've also spoken to poets who have just had various experiences with that, you know, very light mm. touch, um, others with, you know, quite involved editing. So, yeah, what was it like for you? Okay, uh, I'm trying to remember the actual process, which seems like a million years ago, Alice, but it wasn't really that long, but <laughs> yeah. it seems a long time ago. When I was starting to write out, because I'm pretty canny in the publishing world and because I've been in and around it for so long, not so much in publishing stuff, but on the outskirts, I know how these things work. So I thought, right, to interest a publisher, I'm going to have to actually try and get some of these poems published in other outlets. And so I did that. I sort of submitted them to various poetry journals online and in print and managed to get a couple of them published. So that to me just buoyed me on and just thought, okay, at least I'm on the right track because if nobody likes them, then obviously maybe I'm just not good enough or, or you know, whatever. So I did that um, and then I submitted it to, so there's a number of things that helped this book into publication. One of them was the, um, I had a Wheeler um, fellowship, a hot desk fellowship, and that went went for 10 weeks. So like for 10 weeks, so we had a tiny amount of money to to help us along and an actual desk at the Wheeler Centre, we had to go in at least once a week for 10 weeks. So that, I wrote a bit of it there. And then I also entered it in the Penguin, I think it was Write It Fellowship, and it was shortlisted. So I had a little sort of little stepping stones along the way. And um, it didn't win, which was good in a way, which meant that it was, it was free. Then I contacted the publisher on Twitter of all places. I just, I can be quite brazen sometimes because you have to be brave. There's no point just sort of being scared if you want to get published. I contacted Terry Ann White, who was a publisher at the time. At University of Western Australia, and she and I just it was I kept it incredibly simple. I said, Hey, Terry Ann, I you know, I just said, I, I've got a publishing, I'm sorry, I've got a manuscript, would you like to read it? And, and she just went, Yes, and that was it. Then I sent it to her, she liked it, she gave me a publishing contract, and there you have it. It was very lightly edited from them, but I did send it to another poet um, beforehand, and she basically. I liken the process to a bonsai. She bonsai it. Because mm. my poems are very, very short as they are. They're about a page long. Most of them are page long. But uh, she 
made them even shorter and sort of taught me just by process of what she did. I looked at the, the before and after and I thought, yeah, you have deleted a couple of lines and moved things around. So I learnt basically to see what she did. So, mm. yeah. And then it went to to the publisher and they barely touched it. So, that, yeah, they were very lightly did anything because right. I already went through a process and it was by that time we went through various various um, yeah various versions already so and I was pretty happy with it by that stage because mm. I, mean, I am a critic remember too so that was when my critic mind got and I went okay now I'm going through every single bloody line and and there's very few punctuation deliberately um, and that's when yeah all the proofing and the editing came through yeah Yep, I remember reading every single one of my poems out <laughs> aloud. Yes. Luckily, I was in an Airbnb. No one yeah. could hear me, but yeah, I felt like that was the only way I was going to catch it. That was mistakes. that's a really good advice that I was told. Look, if you don't know, read it aloud read because it aloud. then you know your natural pauses and when yeah. you talk and when you speak. And if the sometimes words just don't trip over the tongue very well, and yeah. you have to delete it because there's too many syllables or it's the wrong rhyme or meter, or whatever. So yeah, if anybody is starting out poetry and don't quite know the poem works, read it out and read it mm. to yourself if you're too embarrassed to do it in mm. front of an audience yeah exactly yeah. do you work there is uh gestures there are gestures towards rhyme and meter in this mm. collection that i noticed but i'm not the world's biggest expert on rhyme and meter do you work in that no mode a lot no i don't people ask me these technical questions and my answer is no i actually i work from image I've always worked from images. If you go through this um, page by page, every single poem is scaffolded by at least one image of something inc that, that's so incredibly visual. And that's how I work. I don't work by, oh, I'm going to write this into this type of rhyme scheme or this has to, you know, I don't do that. I, I start off with an image and I build on it. Mm. So that's almost like accidental. If it actually, there's very few poems that rhyme in there. But there's sort of assonance, and there's various other poetic things that I do that are almost self, like, like not even conscious. Mm. So, but I'm not like a poet, poet who sit there counting syllables and going, oh, I'm not. yeah, I just, I've just, I don't have a formal training. I've got a lit degree, but that was in English literature, and that was like prose. I never did a, 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 you know, course in English poetics or types of poems or anything like that mm. at mm. all. Yeah, right, right. So I couldn't tell you all the different types of poems, which there are many, and there's a massive glossary, which I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> nor do I. Nor yeah. Do I. Um, but that's a good thing. It just I means some people get really scared. They think, I don't know anything about poems except they're supposed to rhyme. And he's like, no, they, A, they don't have to rhyme, and B, you don't need to know everything there is to do it. Mm. So, yeah. I have an ongoing argument with a friend who keeps reminding me uh, that poems do have to rhyme but oh, no, but he's not a poet he's a like a he's a musical comedian who does rap so he needs to rhyme <laughs> well he needs to rhyme fine rappers probably need to rhyme poets yeah. don't have to rhyme yeah yeah, yeah yeah anyway shout out jeremy um <laughs> uh the book ends with a long list of acknowledgements for people in the poetry yes. community which is really beautiful and I'd love to hear a bit about how that community sustains or supports your writing. I'm going to have to go through my yeah, long list because I thought all these people in there really did help me. Donna Ward, was, she was a wonderful writer-publisher and she was the one who put me on to Geordie Elberston, mm. who is the poet who edited this book. Oh, no Geordie yeah, edited this book before it became 
a look. Wow, you had you had some like I had, sharp eyes. I on did. I had sharp eyes, <laughs> and I had a lot of I had a lot of support. I had a lot of people who believed in it because I was like, I don't know, I'm not really a poet. I don't, I, you know, she said something to me um, when I came. She was so intimidating because I knew of her reputation. And I was like, oh gosh, I was almost like visibly shaking when I was, I was seeing her. Cause, and she told me before she even read my manuscript that she's so busy that she doesn't take on any work and she only takes on what she wants and what she likes. Because she's like a full-term, full-time poet and, and, you know, writer around poetry and all the rest of it. And I just thought, so luckily she liked it enough. And she read it and she said to me, and it's something that I've always remembered, she said, like, you know what, Twee, you have a natural poet's voice. You don't have, you may not have the... What we're saying, you may not have had the training and the education about it, but you have a natural voice, and I took that as as a as a lovely thing. You know, mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's wonderful. Thank you for that, because I really am just working blindly here. And yeah, she just took the secateurs and and bonsai them into to this you know to this book length um, collection. But they were originally turbulence was a lot more, I suppose, a bit more dense. And so she, yeah, she sort of edited it really wonderfully. Mm. So yeah, so Donna was wonderful. I think everyone who I who I wrote, and Maxine Benefer Clark, she just approached me out of nowhere because we sort of know each other vaguely in the publishing world as we all do. And she like just said, "Look, do you want me to read it?" And I went, "Do I?" <laughs> and she just read it and gave it a lovely appraisal. And you know that wasn't even my asking; it just happened organically. So I'm very lucky to have like just friends and poets and in the community who um, even Kevin Brophy, he read it and he gave, you know, so all these like poets who I admired and who have been in the industry for a long time gave me, I think a lot of, a lot of um, support. Mm. And that was a really good thing for, for a debut poet because you, you, as all writers, you sort of do something, you're not quite sure if it's the right, I mean, I'm really confident as a critic because I've done this for so long, but as a poet, I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough or if I'm doing the right thing. So. Mm have the the words of the wisdom of, of established poets or more experienced poets I think that was a wonderful thing to have mm. it really helped yeah I think people have this idea of poets and the poetic community as relatively competitive maybe not so supportive but your experience definitely no. speaks to the opposite of that no I thought that was incredibly I mean there's, there's a lot I try and keep away from the politics. The politics is this whole this thing like, oh, it's very clicky and it's very uh, backstabby and jealous and sort of things going on there. But I, I don't, I'm not in with the poetry crowd, okay? So I don't know. If they're talking nasty things about me, I wouldn't know because I'm not in that crowd and I don't care. <laughs> so it's like, whatever, I don't care. You, you do what you want. I'm working on my next book. So, yep. you know, I'm yep. keeping right away, not interested. <laughs> Well, I'd love to ask you about the next book if yeah, you're happy to sure. chat about it. So the title is Decadence, which yeah. is a wonderful continuation on from Turbulence mm -hmm. and also speaks to that sort of taking long baths yes. thread that goes through the book. Yeah, there's a lot of baths in the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've moved into my new apartment and what I, this, this was off the plan. And when, I, when they were going through, you know, what do you want and what I said, you know, the only thing I care about is a bath. So there is a bath in this apartment. Excellent. Which is very rare. For new apartments, it, yeah, okay, it so doesn't happen. Doesn't yeah, really happen. Great. That's yeah. why I had to get an off-the-plan one because I couldn't find one <laughs> in a ready-made apartment in my area. So yes, so baths are incredibly important. Yeah. I don't drink, and I don't smoke, and I don't do any drugs. So baths are like the one indulgence that I partake in. 
Wow, okay. That's why there's a lot of fast. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and you were saying that the, the writing process has taken a bit of a backseat recently. Yeah. How, um, how do you get yourself to start writing again? Is there, do you have any tricks? Not really, but as, as I said also, I've just been offered a grant and that will kick me in the bum to make me actually restart. Mm. Um, so it's just sometimes just the waste of the world and all the other paid gigs you know and poetry doesn't really you know it's not something that I do for money so it's not like you're going to get a lot of money in it so everything else gets in the way but yeah I I think I have to just go back and read it I think and just think I mean it's it's, it's a work in progress Dickens in the World is not finished I'm still yet to figure out the structure and it's a little bit more this came out Turbulence came out in a wild gush it was very fast uh, Declans will be slower Mm. because I have less time, I'm a bit more busy and I'm not quite sure what the structure will be and this one just was a bit more organic. Mm. Yeah. Sounds kind of appropriate though, it's like you're building something really ornate and beautiful yeah. that well, takes time. Yeah, um, well it takes time and mm. it's, 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 it's not as personal in a way as Turbulence was, I mean there's some personal aspects but I'm, I'm stepping a bit um, back a little bit in the second collection. Mm. And the title too, I want to discuss because people think decadence. Oh, does that mean you're basically eating chocolate, having sex in the bath? No, <laughs> that's I did it deliberately. I liked it. I liked. I've always liked the word decadence. It rhymes with turbulence, and it's actually about the decadence of words. That's mm. what the entire book will be like. So I'm playing with words a lot more. There's there's wordplay in turbulence, but in decadence there'll be more so. It'll be a bit, little bit more conscious about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Sounds like you have a pretty clear idea of what yeah, you're Yeah, I do. For. So yeah. it's not so much physical decadence pleasure. Mm. It's more decadence in, in, in the words that I play around with. Mm. Um, it's exciting. It's very exciting. But also, I mean, yeah, I just don't know, given how many books you have to read in a, in a given month, let alone finding time to sit down and write but hopefully yeah. once the move is fully done yeah, yeah. And, and, and sort of moving distracts you and you yeah. know cuts into your time as well for contemplation yeah. and poetry yeah i'm sure i'll write a poem about finally moving in <laughs> <laughs> finally finally yeah. yeah i just have a couple more questions sure. but one of the poems i really didn't want to leave without asking you about yeah, is called sure insert eye roll emoji yeah um, don't let get me read that out because it's very hard to read <laughs> this one alice you have to read on the page okay it's okay. deliberately set in a way that you have to read on the page because I, i've you know the, the type setting and the way i've yeah. broken it up you can't read it out loud right okay that's totally fair <coughs> yeah. and yeah so anyone who's interested and the title is deliberate as well as being ironic and tongue-in-cheek and very sarcastic yeah so it's called Insert Eye Roll Emoji, Why People Don't Read Modern Poetry. Mm-hmm. Would you like to describe what it looks like? Yeah, well, it's it's broken up in little... I don't know how, how you would describe it, but it, it's just broken up in little snippets, I guess. And it's, it's it's not a very neat poem. It's all over the place. And it's, it's a bit of a contrast um, up against all my other poems, which are very small and very neat and very contained. This one's just broken up and just bits everywhere. And that's, this poem was, I, I think I'm probably, you know, 
got people a bit upset over this poem and I'm probably got bitchy about me behind my back, but I don't <laughs> care because this poem came out of the fact that I was reading some modern poems when I wrote it. Like, I'm not going to name the journals or the authors, just, just say Australia's literary journals, like with the capitalised L in literary. And I swear to God, I could not make heads or tails with any of the poems that were published. And I have a degree in English literature. I have an honours degree and I've been writing as a critic for 20 years. And I read some of these poems and I went, what do you mean? If someone who's educated and who's been a critic and I still have no idea what you're talking about because you're just, just becoming so esoteric and so precious and I can't stand it. And so this, that, was, that provoked to this poem, which was like, this is why people don't read modern poems because you, you're alienating them because they make, because they make you feel stupid. You know, and I want, this is what, exactly what I didn't want Turbulence to be. I thought I want someone who doesn't know me, who doesn't read poems, but, you know, to read it and go, okay, I'm not quite sure what the context is or what she's talking about, but understand what she's feeling. I, want, I wanted someone to understand what was going on by sheer emotion, Alice. Mm. So, and this, so the one that I wrote here, you know, why people, the eye roll thing is, is, is true because I was just eye rolling the entire time when I was reading some of these <laughs> modern poems. I went, I just don't know what you're talking about. Don't make me actually have to look up classic, you know, texts and different languages and, and you know, all these contexts. I, I really don't know what you're talking about. I, want, I write poems for pure bursts of emotion, not to prove that I'm really intelligent or smarter <laughs> than you. Well, let me, let me tell you what I took from yeah. this poem because this poem looks a, a jam side very much like something I would write. So, <laughs> so I guess in the interest of, of not doing the – because it did. I read it and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> there you, know, you go. Like, That's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I pissed off a bunch of people. But I, do, but I, I bring it up because I'm yeah. not, I wasn't pissed off so much as I was like, this is a good wake-up call yeah. to remember that if – I decide to write another poem that looks like this mm. that there that it's not for the sake of I think I think what I t- take from this is how would you describe the the, the layout Alice because I, well, I don't know I'm sort of it's messy for broken, the sake yeah. of it's broken for the sake of yeah. it's um it's a mess because that's cool and yeah, I have definitely done this, and I guess I've done it in a, in a less than conscious or thinking way. And so it's just a good wake-up call to just remember to, if you're going to indent and do crazy line breaks, have yeah. a reason. Yeah, exactly. Just be able to defend it. Defend Doesn't it, matter. exactly. Yeah. That's why That's yeah. why I had all these weird line breaks. It's because why do I do that? Because there's so many times I read modern poems and there's like, it's a line break for no reason. It's like, why are you doing it? Because you're just breaking up my chain of thought and you're driving me nuts. And then I stop reading. So it's, it's a break for no reason. So if you're going to do it, do it for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you do play with form quite a bit. I mean, I'm looking here at some others that I've marked. Um, Tinder burnt, bumble yes. fumble and okay stupid. That's is... another one I, I deliberately played around with form. This is fun. Online this is dating. great fun. Would, would you read this one? It's very long, so I have to, no, I probably can't because it's quite long and I have to do it in one breath and I'll probably oh, lose fair. my breath because there's no punctuation, notice, this one, this, this is what I, and this one, um, so this poem came out, all of these lines, most of them came from direct quotes from online dating profiles. Yep, they're so uh, terrifying. So anyone who's ever dated online has come across all of these lines, I promise you. So many references to how 
great the person is and how little time they have for people who are quote-unquote drama queens or princesses like Uh if you have needs please don't talk to me basically yes it's quite incredible anyway i really enjoyed that one yeah but that's hard to read that that has to read out loud that's another because i'm I'm not really a performance poet ellis i write mostly for the page so i think to get the maximum impact of turbulence you have to read it on the page because there's lots of little quiet little things in there mm. that is very hard to come across and you know mm. perform i'm not i'm not a performative poet i'd rather you buy the book or borrow a book or whatever find a book and read it on the page than for me to have to go there and read it out to you because <laughs> that's something else entirely yeah, yeah. i'm not a slam poet mm. i'm not going to click my fingers and do any of that stuff <laughs> I'm not interested. It's another argument I have with Jeremy. He thinks that we have to click, yeah. and I keep reminding yeah. him that nobody clicks anymore. Well, maybe in the seventies, <laughs> but I think we've sort of you know outgrown that yeah, that sort of yeah. particular poet trope. I don't know. It's That's quite a bit of a stereotype. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I've uh, I've so enjoyed talking to you. I really really like this. <laughs> Thank it's you. So much fun. Would you like to read one last poem? Yeah, uh, totally. Um, I don't know which one would you like, Alice. I um, I don't know which well, one. Which one do you one like? That would sum sum up the entire well. book. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and it's not that easy. No, to because I, I move around a bit because the tone changes quite a lot depending on. Yeah, and the ones that I'm into are possibly not the ones that sum the book up. Like I like the Anthony Bourdain one. Yeah. Um, I like that Tinder one. Yeah. I like Despondent Rage, but that's quite. A, a sort of a dark turn yeah that was very dark and, that, and that's obviously at the end of the relationship of the, the my five month fling mm. so I was very upset when I wrote that um. <clears throat> oh anything you like I do really love uh, moving pictures yeah that's I... see that was for friends so you know, that's what I mean it's not just about for lovers and my daughter and it's also about loss in general this mm. third section which which is is basically the just miscellaneous i just shoved a whole lot of stuff in there that couldn't fit in the first three and mostly if i had to sum that up it was it's just about loss mm. loss of friendship loss of, of because anthony bourdain loss of death so it's just loss of a friend of mine who who died um out of the blue mm. so yeah that that's the third section i'm just trying to figure out what i could read that sums up this book which is really hard because it's nothing <laughs> well, we skipped right to the end with turbulence already yeah, so, yeah. okay I'll, I'll read kintsugi which means basically it's that japanese art form of for those who don't know it's when, when when there's something that's cracked like you know i suppose a teapot or a kettle or whatever and instead of just doing what we do in disposal society chuck it out and buy a new one the japanese sort of put just they just take it and repair it and put gold or silver whatever else in between the seams of the cracks and when you see it it's it's intact but it isn't so so you can see the brokenness in there but i think it's still a thing of beauty Mm. and i think yeah i think that might sum up this book okay what hope to behold such beauty in the broken the lacquer that fills edges a delicate repair such precious scars these fractures restored, a joinery visible, silvers with hands, mindful of what it takes to be held to the light for hairline cracks, a caressing wipe over the hole. I think I wrote this because you know, when I wrote it, I was broken. I was utterly broken when I thought, you know, they still, I still have to find beauty in this 
because in the brokenness I can be made anew. Mm. And so that's that's why I wrote the poem because there's still beauty in, in creating something that was shattered and I had to rebuild myself. And so that's where the imagery of that came from. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. No worries, Alice. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and touching. Yeah, so. No worries. Feels like a long time when I wrote this book, but it wasn't really that long ago. Different life. This is just, yeah, it just seems COVID just added another 10 years to all of our respective lives, I guess. So <laughs> totally it just seems agree. like a long, long time ago. But yeah. <laughs>